Hello, and welcome to Grace Unscripted, where we share stories of people in and around Grace Church without any script, just real, raw conversations about life change through Jesus. I am your host, Audrey Wallace, and today's conversation is with Vinny Labello. Vinny's story really has a lot of power. You can hear in his words and in his story how he started in a darkness of depression. There was pressure of perceptions and the use of fear and and conditions in relationship to God. And then there's a very significant turning point where he sees the unconditional love of Jesus for the first time. And hearing him say that it took someone so long to tell me that, I wish I would have known sooner. You also can hear him not letting that happen in his own relationships and in his own story. And he is using that now. Even if he doesn't have all the answers or have it all figured out, he was changed by Jesus and he wants that for everyone around him. And I think you're really going to enjoy his story today. Hey, Vinny, welcome to Unscripted. Hello. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. These chairs are so comfy. (laughs) This is a very, very safe space in here. Nice, Mm. nice little spot we have. Um, And thanks for just kind of showing up. I know that you were asked to to come here. You didn't necessarily know what you're getting into. Mm. And I don't know what I'm getting into because I don't know you yet. So let's do this together. Um, Well, and our benefit here really is for our our church family and your friends and and anybody that may hear this to hear your story, hear God has used your life and, and will use your life in the future. Future. Um, so let's start at the beginning. Tell mm-hmm. me where you were raised, how you were raised, what was uh, your childhood like? Yeah. So I was born at a super young age into a Catholic family. Um, <laughs> that I, I, that's my favorite way to start any <laughs> testimony. Um, but yeah, I was born into a Catholic family. My uh, family is super duper Italian. So uh, with that comes mm-hmm. Catholicism mm-hmm. most of the time. Um, and uh, Yeah, I was just being raised up into that uh, church every Sunday, Sunday school, Mm -hmm. uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, And in my family, um, church was more of a tradition than anything else, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Uh, We're going to go here on Sunday. We're going to do this thing. We're going to participate in Lent. We're going to... X, Y, Z, take your pick because that's what we've always done. Yeah, tradition, heritage, legacy, sure. Yeah. Um, and that's just the family thing, you know, like if you have our last name, you're going to go to Catholic mm-hmm. church and you're going to believe this stuff and you're going to vote this way. Kind mm-hmm. of, st- And that's, that's mm-hmm. how it all was. Um, I tend to, my mom actually, uh, says this too. Uh, she would say she was a, um, a Republican who went to church. She was never like a Christ follower mm-hmm. at the time, which was tough, but, um, gotcha. being raised up in that, uh, it felt pretty, um, uh, stereotypical Catholic, you know, okay. I'm, I'm not a firm believer that the Catholic Church is bad, and I'm not a firm believer that mm-hmm. uh, Catholics don't believe in Jesus. I think I will see a bunch of Catholics in heaven. I think yeah. I know a lot of I know I know a lot of Catholics yeah. that love Jesus, so that's great. But uh, when I was being raised up, um, Jesus was very much something to be afraid of. Hell was something to run from, mm. um, and that was the presentation of what this belief, what this religion was. Uh, so I grew up. Um, kind of fearful of all that. I grew up kind of feeling like Jesus was uh, more of a probation officer than anything else, you know? Wow. Okay. Uh, uh, and that's a tough way for someone to grow up, you mm-hmm. know? And a lot of kids are growing up that way now. Yeah. That's why I love uh, what the Children's Ministry at Grace is doing with Power Kids and everything, because mm-hmm. the, the way I grew up and the way a lot of my friends and peers grew up in Collective, uh, the Young Adult Ministry, is I'm, I'm hearing stories of years and years and years of you're bad and you're going to hell, mm-hmm. and that is... Uh, 
way before they're ever told they're loved, which is wow. crazy. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of the stuff I grew up in. And that just, uh, I mean, I don't know um, who that really is attractive to at all. Right. Right. Yeah. What, what is the hope there? There, is, there isn't any. It's just like a lot of like. Obedience, yeah. I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hope is, uh, I don't know if hope is super the right. I guess I, guess I was just living life um, really hoping that I uh, behaved well enough or mm. I asked for forgiveness enough. Like I went to confession enough mm-hmm. um, that God maybe would let me. Uh, not burn forever, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Performance-based and right. a- able to be lost in yeah. that way mm-hmm. For sure. in a minute and fluctuating back and forth. It sounds very mm-hmm. unstable. Super conditional mm-hmm. in that. And that's, uh, yeah, like I said, that's not um, to anybody growing up in this mm-hmm. culture or uh, in the early 2000s like I grew up in. Like, I don't know anybody that would want that or to follow that mm-hmm. or to make that their everything. So uh, I didn't. Um, when I got to high school and I looked at my options and it was either uh, dive completely into a system of um, that religion of being fearful and um, uh, your life is not yours, so treat it that way kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. That was not really what I wanted, so I tried to uh, do my own thing. And I think I did uh, pretty well. I don't know. Uh, high school is so weird, man. Every time I thought, I thought high school was like um, – like those teen Nick shows or like uh, One Tree Hill, like high school was the thing, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that's how a lot of high schoolers live. But mm-hmm. uh, I think I did it pretty well. I, I um, had the good grades. I had a couple of girlfriends. I mm-hmm. uh, was doing sports. Um, I would have been labeled as one of the popular kids, you okay. know? Uh, and I remember like junior year, I was walking around and I had a buddy come up to me and he um, asked me like how to be more like me and how to get to where I was. Mm. And that... Um, that was awesome in the moment. And then I sat with it for a couple hours and in my bed that night. And it was like, wow, this is, uh, if this is as good as life gets, this still kind of sucks. Mm, you know, wow. uh, it, nothing about, um, what I thought was the goal was fulfilling at all mm. in, uh, in the girls and the grades and the sports mm-hmm. and the friends and, and being known by people and finding, uh, um, validation through that. Uh, none of that was fulfilling mm-hmm. and everyone was trying to get where I was. Mm. So I was like, Oh, all of this sucks. Wow. And my options are either, uh, chase down all these unfulfilling things that life promises, uh, and set the goal of like this. Um, I don't know, whatever the, uh, goal of American. Yeah. Uh, Standard and yeah. dream. And yes. 100%. Yeah. Uh, keep chasing that and keeping unfulfilled and keep, um, waiting for the day that that makes me feel good when I know it won't come or turn to this God guy who I am, I feel like a nuisance to, who I feel like he just came to die for me on the cross just so I would owe him one, Mm. you know? Uh, And neither of those options, like neither of those lives sounded good. Wow. Right? So that (laughs) we get to a really bad part of my life where I'm just like, well, if this is as good as life gets, I just don't want it, you know? Mm. Um, And that's just like a whole... uh, big story in and of itself that's tough to go through um, or tough to listen to even for Mm. a lot of people because I know that is a big part of testimonies nowadays is uh, I was found when um, I was in my rock bottom emotionally, spiritually, Mm -hmm. mentally, all that stuff. But uh, for me, that really was like um, I remember uh, suicidal thoughts were in my head for sure. Like Mm -hmm. uh, life just was not worth living, anything like that. 
Um, and I actually ended up spending a little bit of time in uh, the psych ward at a hospital, which yeah. was, um, I know a lot of people haven't experienced that, which is, you know, thank God. But yeah. uh, that's a really lonely thing to go through, especially wow. when you're like, life doesn't matter. And uh, the thing that I was building my house on was uh, validation through other people. Oof. And then I don't have anybody. Yeah. You know? Even worse than that, they know that I'm in the hospital. Okay. It's like that's that tears it down yeah, real quick. The foundation yeah. that was built on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's really, really scary and really like it's hard to feel loved there. Like mm-hmm. when you turn away, when I turned away from uh, the only love I'd known from like my friends, from uh, this mm. school, from whatever, uh, I felt like I was looking at nothing, which mm. was really tough. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, but luckily I had people that loved me enough to tell me about Jesus and to bring me to a place like, uh, like this with a bunch of other people my age. And they were sharing the gospel in a way I'd never heard, which mm-hmm. was awesome. Um, but that's just kind of like, yeah. Uh, so when did that happen? Be more, if you're willing, be more yeah, specific around sure. like who shared with you where, what circumstance that was in. Yeah. So, um, my, I have a friend named Nick, uh, who I met. He is like, six or seven years older than me. I was 17 at the time. So when this 23-year-old came up to me and he was like, hey, dude, come to church with me, that was a red flag, you know? Mm. I, I was like, that sounds super boring because uh, I don't like church and you're not my age, so this just sounds weird yeah. and creepy. Okay. Uh, I did it, though, and I don't know. I don't remember why, but he talked me into it. Uh, and it was Grace Church that he invited you to visit? He invited me to visit uh, Garden City, which oh, is down yeah. in Akron. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he led me into this uh, high school ministry called Young Life, which is mm-hmm. really awesome. Uh, and through that, um, he started sharing the gospel with me, and he took me to uh, um, wherever he could, wherever the gospel was being proclaimed, mm-hmm. which was really, really cool. And I remember um, this one time he took me to a spot where uh, the speaker was just um, amazing. And like God was really speaking through him and using the whole room. And I was just locked in, which is like different for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not usually locked in. Um, but I remember he threw up on the screen, uh, the verse Romans 623. He just threw up the first part of it and that's for the wages of sin is death. Um, and I kind of grew up hearing that. Yeah. Trigger. Uh, yeah, it's, it, I don't know. That didn't send me in. I I wasn't angry. I wasn't Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, here we go again. But it's just Mm -hmm. like, you know, all right, whatever. Like, this is nothing new. This is kind of a waste of time. Um, I'm bored, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's easy for me to turn off when uh, things just sound like a broken record kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he's talking to us, and he's talking about uh, for the wages of sin is death, what that means. Um, If we sin, we deserve this. Uh, Wages are your earnings. Um, Hell is a real place, you know, all this stuff. Uh, And then... uh, he says there's a second part to the verse and he throws up uh, the full part and it says for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. Mm. And that was the first time someone presented that to me and someone presented what the cross really was as a gift of grace mm-hmm. and not just, uh, uh, I don't know, something Jesus would use to hold that over my head so yeah. I behave better, you know? Yeah. That was the first time I ever looked as Jesus as uh, savior and not just Lord, which mm. was crazy. Um, so sitting there and hearing that the cross was a gift and that salvation is here for me and that, uh, there's a God of love, not a God of, uh, mind your manners Mm -hmm. is, uh, I mean, it sounds simple to us now, but like that was mind blowing to me back in 17, 18 year old Vinny life. Yeah. Um, so that's like, uh, and you know, I don't super know where to go from there as an 18 year old, like that's new and it's earth shattering. 
Um, but I was a little uh, upset and offended that it took so long for someone mm. to tell me that, right? Wow. Because I've been presented Jesus for so long, uh, and I've been presented this mm. um, uh, confession type religion where you go and like it's a checklist and everything. Yeah. And then someone tells me uh, Jesus looks at me as a son, which is insane. Jesus looks at me as a son who he loves unconditionally that he came to die for. And if I were the only person on earth, he would come to do it again just because he wants me to have a relationship with him. He wants me to know him and be known by him. And that was uh, mind-blowing, earth-shattering. Like, it was everything. Yeah. So that's, I mean, uh, figuring that out was a tough thing. And, like, uh, obviously, once you hear that for the first time and you encounter the Holy Spirit, you have a lot of questions, right? Mm -hmm. I had a lot of, like, uh, well you know, what is the Holy Trinity and is the earth actually like 8,000 years old or what's going on kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, throughout all that, like, uh, I didn't know the answer to those and neither did Nick. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> it was tough for him to answer all those. But throughout all that, like, um, I knew that was true. And I, I I knew Jesus was real and he really did die for me and that uh, he is a loving father, which, you know, it's an awesome thing to hear, especially after going through all that, especially after feeling like there is nothing and I'm, and I'm not loved and I can't be loved fully. Yeah. Hearing that that's not true and it's been right in front of you the whole time. And it hasn't left despite all the bad things and all the uh, walking away from the church I did. That's nuts. Why do you think Nick invited you to that? Because he cares about Jesus. Like more than anything, uh, the, the love and um, grace that he's experienced is so overwhelming that he can't help... Uh, Keep it, like he cannot mm-hmm. keep it to himself, and he sees me, and uh, he knows that I am just as loved, just as called, um, just as wanted as he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know that, and mm-hmm. I uh, didn't accept that, and that breaks him down a little mm-hmm. bit because, um, I mean, he was just as broken as I was. Everyone's mm-hmm. got a testimony and a story, uh, um, and his is uh, similar to mine a little bit. So for him to see me in that spot, um, he. Jesus has shaped his heart too much for him to not mm-hmm. love me to tell me the gospel, yeah. you know? And you said he didn't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. You came out of there with a lot of questions. He didn't have all the answers. That might ha- make someone think, well, I shouldn't, I shouldn't share my faith mm-hmm. or invite somebody into something that I don't have all the answers for. What if I tell him this and he asks a question back? Were you like, well, Nick, what the heck? Yeah. Like, why would you do this? Like, I'm imagining the answer is no here, but just trying to give encouragement to people who might want to be a Nick out there and might yeah. be thinking, I should invite somebody, but I don't know. What if they react this way? What if that? And your response, your answer, statement was, I can't believe nobody told me about this sooner. Mm-hmm. Like, thank God for Nick. I don't care they didn't have all the questions answered. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Just share more about what yeah. that was like for well, you. Well, uh, there's... Uh, one of my favorite stories in the Bible is Jesus is walking around and he meets this man born blind um, and he rubs the mud in his eyes, tell him to wash off and he can see. Uh, and then the blind beggar who can, well, the seeing beggar now, can uh, he goes into town um, and everyone is questioning him like, hey, what happened? You know, like you can just see now, like what's going on? And he tells them it was this guy, Jesus. And all the Pharisees and townspeople are like, uh, how did Jesus do this? How can Jesus have the power to do this? Why would he do this on the Sabbath? You know, mm-hmm. why, 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 how, how, how? And uh, this um, guy who was healed by Jesus, he says, uh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. All I know is I was blind and now I see. Mm-hmm. And there's so much power in that. And uh, that's a lot like what Nick did to me. 
um, I think I've, it's super intimidating bringing people to church uh, and them understanding or clicking or at least taking steps towards mm-hmm. uh, resonating with the message or anything. Uh, and it's super intimidating when they ask big questions that I don't know the answer to. Like, mm-hmm. it, can I believe in evolution? Like, um, I'm gay. Can I be here mm-hmm. still and follow Jesus? Like, those are big questions, mm-hmm. you know, and they're intimidating. Um, and I am just here to say, I don't know. Uh, all I know is I was blind and now I can see. Mm. And there's also a lot of power in saying, like, I don't know the answer to your question, but I would love to figure it out with you. Yes. You know, building a relationship is what the gospel is uh, built on. And, mm-hmm. and so building that relationship. I, I don't know anyone that was changed, transformed, or came to Christ through uh, logic and, like, a debate. I know mm. everybody I've ever met has came to Christ through an encounter and love and relationship building. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, I don't know, just keep following that path and keep loving the best you can, and, yeah. and we'll figure out the answers along the way. And that's Jesus, too. That's our ability and opportunity with Jesus, not just with Nick, not just with anybody like that. Like He is also saying, hey, let's let's figure this out together. Spend some time with me. Talk with me. I'd love to show you. I, I wrote a book for you, actually, mm-hmm. if you want to hang out there for a little while. Um, he wants that relationship with us as well, which I would imagine is not exactly what you were taught in your youth is that yeah. he was there to, to have a relationship and sit down and, and talk through things versus the like demanding obedience right. and, um, you know, to be feared. Right. Yeah. And that was, uh, that was a tough thing too. learning, transferring from Catholic church to just, uh, being a Christ follower was weird. Cause you're finding out that the gospel is not the church and the gospel is not morality and the gospel isn't even the Bible. The mm. gospel is Jesus Christ has changed me and he can change you too, mm. you know? Uh, and I mean, I know a lot of Pharisees that knew the scripture. Mm. I know, uh, Judas hung out with Jesus every day for three years mm-hmm. and he still didn't get it. And yeah. Satan knows the Bible inside and out, yeah. you know? Um, so figuring out what it actually means to be a Christian and what it actually means to follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is, it's, yeah, it changes your whole view of this mm-hmm. whole Jesus thing, which is mm-hmm. great. And, um, so once you didn't have the answers yet, you had a lot of questions. How did your life start to transform? Oh, Are you yeah. still in high school, by the way? No, I okay. am. Um, I am 22 now. I'm about to turn 23. Well, were you still in high school? Sorry, I was when? Still. <laughs> okay, cool. No, I was gotcha. like, I know you. You're not in high school. Yeah, so I don't point. want you to no, think that. I, at um, this point, um, I had just graduated. When, okay. When the gospel first clicked, um, uh, I had just graduated high school. I was in my uh, senior year summer, going into college. Okay. Um, so I guess everything. Uh, was really changing at the time. Like yeah. everything, uh, that season of life is so weird. And it's like... Right, the oh, popularity the... contest is suddenly ceased, yes. but still kind of there. I'm still in my town. Am I going to run mm. into people? What is, what's yeah. next? I'm trying to look cool into the future and, and be still potentially competing with things that yeah. weren't actually there as far as popularity and you mm-hmm. know all those things that you were talking about. So that summer is yeah. when this transformation started. Yeah, okay. which is like... For everything to be turned upside down on its head and for everything to be a big question mark, but also uh, everything matters right now and will have a consequence for the rest of your mm. life. And you have to choose what to do right You're now. You're an adult. Right. Yeah. By the way, eternity exists in your love. <laughs> <laughs> crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So starting college that way was tough. And, you know, the uh, I go to the University of Akron, and that's where I started. Uh, college culture is very um, worldly. Uh, mm-hmm. It's, um, I mean, just walking up and down the street on a Tuesday night, like people are blackout drunk and, uh, the hookup culture is a real thing. And, 
the drug epidemic in Akron right now is, mm. uh, it's observable. Like you mm. can walk around and see it. Homelessness is, mm-hmm. um, uh, crazy. It's through the roof and, and it's insane. Uh, and I'm all experiencing this the second after, uh, I accept Jesus. Mm-hmm. So I'm not really sure how to be a Christian yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure how to exist in the world yet. So it's all kind of confusing. Um, uh, but, uh, I found hope and, uh, I'm letting God change my heart. Uh, and I'm learning how to love better through all that. So mm-hmm. uh, even then, like, I don't have all the answers, and I'm walking around, and I have a tattoo of crosses on my arm, and I'm wearing, like, uh, Jesus shirts, and I'm inviting people to church, mm-hmm. and they're asking me these questions, and I have no idea how to answer them, but I'm fighting to love better every day mm-hmm. and love like Jesus better every day. Mm-hmm. Um, and through that, you know, I've learned a lot, uh, and I've read the scripture, and I've uh, come to a lot of services, and I've become more knowledgeable on uh, a lot of these things, and I've found how to answer these questions better. Um, but still every day, like I'm learning how to love better. And that's the thing that is getting people, uh, to the foot of the cross. And that's Mm -hmm. how I'm trying to lead people to Jesus. And that's how I'm being more like Nick for the people in my life. Yeah. What did community look like for you in, after that transition? Because left out on Mm -hmm. your own, that would have been a very vulnerable position to be in. Did you have community going into college? Did you surround yourself with your family involved friends? What was that like for you? So I was very lucky. Uh, I wasn't lucky. God definitely did this for Mm. me. Um, but I got uh, dropped into college, and I didn't. Um, I only know, I only knew a few people coming out of high school, and I wasn't super close with them, so I didn't want to spend my time with them. But I had this guy reach out to me who went to Young Life at a different school. Uh, he just heard that I went to Young Life, so he reached out, and we started hanging out. Um, and then he introduced me to a couple of his friends, um, and they started going to this thing called Collective, mm. which we have at Grace Church here. They were just checking things out, um, and so I got plugged into. Uh, the church, the body, and I got to meet a bunch of people, and I met, um, like, uh, a guy named Josiah, a guy named Pastor Brad, uh, mm-hmm. these guys, and I just started branching out, and that was, that doesn't happen all the time. I know mm-hmm. people don't get plugged in as easy as I did and just fall into it like that, um, but community quickly shaped, in, and I was surrounded by young adults who uh, either, like, were super strong and mature in their mm-hmm. faith or were figuring out figuring it out just like me or even like pursuing it nonetheless yeah. they like were in they some were curious form. about yeah. whatever so um community looked uh really really good for me um mm. the second i started following jesus and like i said that does not happen for everybody i would mm-hmm. i would probably guess that's more uncommon than yeah. common yeah. um i was just lucky enough to be in that position mm-hmm. so so you started coming to Collective here mm-hmm. at Grace a few years ago, yep. which has birthed and grown and multiplied. Yeah. So talk about that experience. Yeah. So, man, uh, God's been using this ministry in a bunch of crazy ways. I first started coming two years ago. Um, uh, it was a Halloween party. Uh, so it was like, well, I guess it was three years ago now. It was 2020. So everybody was wearing mm. masks uh, under their Under their masks. masks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and... Uh, it was a ministry that was running like 100 people a night, 120, which is, um, that's crazy. Like mm-hmm. having that many young adults in a church is mm-hmm. uh, amazing. Uh, and I started coming around then, uh, and they invited us on this retreat, which is um, a lot like the thing that Young Life took me to. Uh, but we went on this weekend-long retreat where they shared the gospel super clearly again, um, and where a community was just built, and I met a lot of people and built a lot of friendships, and I just kept coming around. Um, and through... Uh, the leadership of the people that attend, the volunteers, the pastors, X, Y, like, uh, through prayer and the desire to tell more people about Jesus, this ministry has just grown and grown and grown, uh, to where we're running around 
200 to 250 a week now, which is crazy. And the first retreat I went on, it was a huge prayer that we would take 100 people. Mm -hmm. And that was impossible, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, And God gave us 100 people that first retreat, and that blew our minds, and we had Mm -hmm. no idea what to do about it. Uh, and then this last retreat we just went on a month ago, we took 350 people. Oh my gosh! Praise which God. is it's it's crazy that this. And this many is people, ages 18 to 25. 28. 28. Yeah. Okay. So we're um, 18 to 28-ish. Uh, mm-hmm. We're not gonna turn any younger yeah. all the way. We yeah. have a couple 30-year-olds coming around. Yeah, too. life life season of life can yeah. be so different. 100. Yeah. percent um, Anybody like we're not gatekeeping the gospel. Mm-hmm. Anybody that wants to hear it, like mm-hmm. we're super pumped you're here. But. Uh, um, yeah, I mean, just having that many young adults and having this many, I mean, we're blessed to have the leaders we do as well. Uh, God's given us a lot of great people who are more passionate about uh, building a ministry than building an event, which is mm, great. Mm-hmm. And they just want their friends so desperately to hear that they're loved uh, and so desperately to experience life to the full and unconditional, uh, all of this. Um, and they're working with us and they're partnering with us. And through that, God has given us opportunity after opportunity We've prayerfully been walking through all of that. Um, and I'm on staff now at Collective. And I'm, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, yeah. I'm on staff now, and I'm the young adult coordinator. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm doing my best uh, to manage all this. But it's crazy right now because it feels like everybody's just taking it and running with it. And it's making my job a lot easier for sure. Okay. Uh, but everyone's just, uh, they understand what the gospel is, or they are understanding, or they're pursuing their understanding. Uh, and there's just such a desire and a movement to share that right now in this community with these young adults that we're just growing at an insane rate. Um, and the goal is never to grow, you know, right. the goal is always to point to Christ and to save. But uh, uh, this is just where we are now. And it's amazing. It's mm-hmm. awesome. That's incredible. Um, it seems like, you know, I was just simply asking, what did community, community look like after you chose Jesus? Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, the plug-in was divinely appointed that this is mm-hmm. where you landed and it sounds like got involved. You said we so many times, like you're yeah. really in, you're in it, right? Mm-hmm. This is a, a deeply knitted community and, and team and um, thing, like, thing that you get to be part of, which is so cool. So what are your dreams beyond this? Um, are you done with college? What do you, what were you even hoping to go into when you started college? Yeah. And then what do you see for your future? So that uh, is such a wild question. I, so I started college, uh, pursuing a degree in accounting, um, and I'm about to finish college with that degree. Okay. Uh, and then I'm going to go into seminary school mm-hmm. uh, to get my master's in uh, biblical studies or, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. uh, and pursue pastoralship. So accounting and pastoralship, in my mind, go. are yeah. super opposites. <laughs> uh, but I remember talking to a mentor of mine, uh, like, right after I finished my second year of college, and I was like, I don't want to do this whole accounting thing, like... I feel very called to be uh, here right now, at least, you know, and it's very hard to focus on Mm -hmm. uh, debits and credits when life change is happening, (laughs) you know, and when people are hearing about everything. Uh, So I was like, I don't want to do this. And he just told me this is the best advice I've ever gotten. Uh, But he just told me to stick with it and uh, to get the degree. um, And then afterwards, the church will still be waiting. God will still be waiting and he'll still use me. Um, He didn't tell me to stop doing ministry while I was in college. Uh, he actually told me that everyone is called to full-time ministry and everyone is called to full-time wherever uh, they are. Yeah. Um, uh, but, you know, I'm finishing up that degree now and then I'm, I'm running full-time. And I've also realized in, uh, I'm still pretty young in my faith, but I've realized in this time as a Christian that like, um, 
whatever my one year, three year, five year plan is, God's going to like blow it up. So Truly. I, when you graduated high school, pretty sure you wouldn't yeah. have seen this into your right. four right. or five year plan. Yeah. My mom thought I was crazy when I told her I was going to work for a church. She thought yeah. <laughs> like no way. So, uh, yeah, I, whenever someone asks me what my plans are next, uh, I mean, I always have a guess and I always have a sure. desire, but it's it's very much like wherever uh, God wants me to go, I'm going to walk into it prayerfully. I'm going to ask him to give me the discernment and clarity he yeah. wants me to have and just go before me. And I'm uh, wherever he wants me, I'm super happy to be here and to share his gospel with everybody I can. So. That's the best college distraction that any parent mm-hmm. could ask for for their child is like, I just want to be where the life change is happening, not like, can't wait to get to the party tonight, right. like you were saying. Like, well, what a great thing to have saturating your mind. Yeah. At the same time, though, like like I said at the beginning, uh, Catholicism is a tradition in the family, you know. So for them to hear, um, hey, I'm not going to go to Catholic church anymore. Mm-hmm. And hey, I'm getting rebaptized. Mm. Uh, and hey, I'm following this kind of Jesus uh, in their mind, it's like, oh, you don't love the family anymore. Mm. You don't want any part of us. And uh, I actually, I remember getting a text the day I got baptized uh, from my parents. Uh, the word for word was, you getting baptized is a mockery of what we did for you as a baby. Mm. Um, and that's hard to hear, yeah. for sure. Uh, but at the same time, it's like, yes, you're right. I was not in the party scene. And that's a good thing for yeah. my mom to know. And that's helped us... Uh, that's helped her felt better about all of this. Mm-hmm. That that's kept me away from falling into any kind of mm-hmm. uh, substance abuse mm-hmm. or uh, like women abuse or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but that's still pretty hard, like for a Catholic family uh, such as mine to hear, mm-hmm. like um, I've chosen something over this that mm-hmm. we've that you've raised me up on, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, you know, you're still Italian, and you're still mm-hmm. you're still with them, and and you're showing them pieces of relationship that's available and I'm sure that there's an understanding that is is like these are seeds right mm-hmm. and not your responsibility once the seed leaves your hand but I have a feeling you're going to keep pursuing oh, and sure. keep driving and being you in the way that God is calling you to be mm-hmm. and that'll have fruit mm-hmm. and you may never even see it but but it's it's very very at Grace Church, it's not uncommon, but we can't forget the gift that it is when children show right. their parents, whether mm-hmm. it's a kindergartner who comes to Bible camp because a neighbor invited them and the parents get curious and start coming here. I've seen that. Mm-hmm. Or it's a basketball kid who comes here, or it's a collective young adult that comes here, and those seeds are spread upward on their family tree. Mm-hmm. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. It is it is super weird. I, I went on the men's retreat a little bit ago here at Grace Church, and uh, my buddy Matt who's my age, um, he brought his dad who doesn't know Jesus. And that, uh, uh, that was just so awesome for me to see that like this kind of thing is possible, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, and that it's, it's hard sharing the father with my father, I Mm -hmm. guess, you know, and that's a tough thing to do and figure out, but Mm -hmm. I'm just going to keep trusting God and keep, uh, loving the best I can. And And remembering your, your statement of how come somebody didn't tell me this sooner? Right. Like you right. can't stop when you think of something like that. Mm-hmm. How? Why would you? You right. have to. It's love. Mm-hmm. It's it's love. Beautiful. Well, if there's one thing you wanted to leave with our listeners, one bit of advice based on your experience, your story, your dreams, what would you want to say? Uh, don't forget to tithe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, that's a good question. Uh, just stick with Romans six twenty three, the gospel in a sentence, man. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. God's given you a gift. 
Um, and it's yours when you take it, uh, whenever you want it. God can't love you any more, any less. Um, you know, heaven's not earned. It's yours mm-hmm. if you want it. Uh, God loves you unconditionally. He's not just Lord. He's also Savior. Um, he's here for you. I love that. Thanks so much for sharing with us. Mm-hmm. No problem.